Grow on the go. We never know where we're going after that. <laughs> oh, we're new. We're new. We haven't been doing this for what is it? Five years? Yeah, we have been doing it for I five. Didn't haven't. you say we haven't been doing it? We have haven't. Been doing we've been it? doing. It was a question. Oh, okay. Yeah. In fact, we were doing this last Saturday, but we had technical nightmares. We sure did. Oh um, my goodness, we couldn't find the notes because, as <laughs> unprepared as we sound, we do have notes that we go <laughs> off of for these podcasts. Yes, I do quite a bit of research and, actually and work. Yeah, um, <clears throat> couldn't find the notes, and then when we recorded one of the shows that we recorded, we couldn't find it. And it the was app the we use, we use an app on an iPad, and it was. Hiding it from us. Yeah, oh, my word. It was having a bit of a It wasn't tantrum. excellent. So. No, it wasn't excellent. No. <laughs> but uh, so all that in summation, we have no idea what we're doing. Our technology only sort of works. Please <laughs> listen to us gab for half an hour. No, we, we do know where we're going today. Sure. We're going to talk about the secret sauce of pandemic survival. Oh, you've you've figured it out, have you? Well, um, no, but I, I've got some ideas. Okay. No, I actually think I have... Figured it out. Not that I'm implementing it perfectly in my life, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. So how are you finding working from home and not having a social life? How, how, how is that impacting you? It's not. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I certainly miss my friends. I have a group of friends that I really miss spending time with. Your ladies who my lunch. My ladies who brunch. Brunch, yes. Yeah, although we are going for an outdoor uh, there's a hot chocolate festival in Calgary. Soon. Oh, good. So we're going to do that together, which I'm really looking forward to. But um, working from home, I prefer to work from home mm-hmm. because I like my home and it doesn't require any energy, like additional energy to be in a space with other people. Um, so that's easy for me, easier than most people. And I'm a homebody. Like, I like being home. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, of course, I miss my friends, but it just feels like I haven't hung out with my friends for a long time. It doesn't feel, I don't feel trapped. Wow. Yeah, I'm lucky. I, so, for me, I find that spending all my time in the same space with the same routine is really, really <laughs> getting old. Yeah, it's been about a year. I feel like every day is Blur's Day. It is. <laughs> I like a Blur's Day a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I can't remember where I heard that, but I thought I'm going to use that because that describes my life. It's apt. Quite well. Really, the only day of the week that's different for me is when Jude comes over yeah, on Wednesdays. On Wednesdays and yeah. Love having that little guy. His his hugs are just so precious. And now when he hugs me, he pats me too. Aww. It's so cute. <laughs> um for context, if you if you haven't heard us talk about him before, Jude is uh my grandson. Mom's grandson, my my nephew. And he's just the best. He really he's is. so cool. <clears throat> yeah. I sure like him. I'm learning though that um as he becomes uh more capable yes. of doing things on his own, my uh, no rules policy <laughs> is really not going to work very no. well. Like he loves sitting on the floor of the pantry and just, you know, emptying the shelves onto yes. the floor, which was fine. 
until he learned how to unscrew lids and yeah <laughs> and stand. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I also um, give him a, a, a paintbrush with water on it, yeah. and he's got this cute little. Sort of like it's a painting book, yeah. And just water will turn the yeah. The I remember those um, color. So I gave him one of those to work on while I was actually painting on yeah. a painting. Yeah. And then he stands up and he starts painting on my painting <laughs> with his brush, uh, which is fine because it's only water and that I wasn't working on that part of the paint painting, so it wasn't wet. But I thought, you know, the day's going to come where. This is not going to be okay. No, so no, no. He's coming I think up he really one. loves me because so far they're really, I'd never say no to him, but that's definitely going to have to Well, happen. and he's recently learned the word no, I've discussed, I've found Just out. Just today, yes. Today, or apparently yesterday, but today was the first day I saw it. And he, he loves to say no to Levi the dog. To be fair, Levi the dog consistently gets all up in his grill and like <laughs> licks the side of his face while Jude more so when he was crawling now that he's walking uh, he's a little out of Levi's reach mm. but when he was crawling Levi would just lick him as he and, he, and so Jude would like try to push him away yeah, and be like yeah. stop now he points at him and says no <laughs> and poor Levi's probably like no what no what yeah, what I'm loving you yeah I'm literally sitting here being mm. a dog well yeah, so, you know, other than that other than day Jude. with Jude, Yuda. Um, my my week is pretty boring. I I find I really want to see friends. I really want to travel. Yes. I don't do very well emotionally in winter anyway. No. But not being able to even get together with family and friends makes it so much harder, especially because the weather has been incredibly cold. You can't <laughs> even go outside for a walk, really. Yeah. I tried one day, and I... Literally had frostbite on my cheeks. Did you? Well, I could feel, like, it just stings like crazy, yeah. right? And so I would take my mitt off and hold my half my face till I couldn't stand the cold on my hand anymore. And then Goodness. I'd do it on the other side. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't really fun. No. So... Yeah. So everyone, aren't you happy you turned in for this pet? Yeah. Pet. pet I was going to say this is your secret sauce. It doesn't sound great. <laughs> it doesn't like, sound great. Okay. Go give yourself well, frostbite. Well, here's the thing: we could all whine for quite a while about the losses that we've experienced, mm -hmm. especially during COVID, and it's really okay to grieve those. Yes, and but, we've talked about that in yeah, a previous episode. We have. But once we've grieved, let's try to get some perspective. I know that my tendency is to forget more of my blessings than I remember. Yeah. I, I have a warm home. I'm not homeless mm -hmm. or I, I don't fear of living in domestic violence. I'm home with my best friend. Yeah. We haven't lost jobs or income. I actually have so much to be grateful for. Well, and we live somewhere that has the infrastructure to deal with the cold weather. Yeah. Yeah which uh, right now is not the case everywhere. That's right. Yeah, yeah that's right. I, I find it so interesting that Scripture's most direct teaching on contentment begins with these four words, how grateful I am. Mm. I think these words really are the secret sauce for being content no matter what comes our way. We can make the choice daily, hourly, even moment by moment to be grateful by Focusing on what's wonderful about our lives mm -hmm. instead of instead of what we lack. It's that proverbial glass half empty, glass half full thing. Mm -hmm. A great example of this kind of optimism, the, the glass half full, 
is the town of Torrington, small town in Alberta. Ah, yes. Yes, I'm sure you passed it a million times when you were living in Red Deer. Uh, Not that I remember, but Mm -hmm. I've heard you talk about it enough that I know where you're going. Okay. In Torrington, there is an attraction called the Gopher Hole Museum. Yeah. Seriously, I'm not kidding. This museum actually exists, and it is adorned and watched over by a 12-foot statue of the venerable rodent affectionately named Clem. Oh, what a name. (laughs) So here they are in a part of the world with nothing but the occasional oil pump jack to break the monotony of one farmer's field after another. And in this part of the world, the positive, resourceful, if not slightly quirky people of Torrington have found a way to exact revenge on the furry little pests that have tormented the farmers for centuries. Yes. They somehow catch and kill, I'm sure it's humane, and stuff their furry little assets, <clears throat> assets, <laughs> <laughs> and then they dress them in costumes and arrange them in anthropomorphic would you say Easy that for you to say anthropomorphic settings. Yeah, Thank you little, very much. Little dioramas. <laughs> like the, there's a hair salon, for example. Yeah. Oh. Which is explained with the caption, I'm a beautician, not a magician. Oh, <laughs> and then there's a Royal Canadian mounted gopher. And what is a mountie without his faithful mount? I was going to say, what is he mounted on? Strangely, also a gopher. That, that <laughs> begs a lot of questions into the alternate universe that we're dealing with here. And, of course, then there's the gopher reverend, complete with vestments, a pulpit, and a gopher angel sure. hovering oh, overhead. okay, sure. Oh, it's so disturbing to me. <laughs> It really is. And they claim that people come from all over the world to see this museum. Okay. Uh, what to most people would be roadkill, these, the residents of Torrington have turned into a resource. I, I mean, it's a pretty remarkable... Um, Example of glass full thinking, glass half full thinking. Yeah, it certainly is. Oh, I I have have an issue with taxidermy, not like an ethical issue, just like it makes me physically uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I just, okay, let's move on before you, you know, have issues. So, the way that we look at the challenges and inconveniences in our lives really does say a lot about us. Sometimes the very things that we complain about are actually a byproduct of having so much. Mm, Yeah, that's very true. Mm, Right? So, like, we complain about not being able to get together with family and friends during COVID, but we miss the point that this wouldn't be a problem for us if we didn't have meaningful relationships, Mm -hmm. if we didn't have a family that we actually like. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, maybe we complain about our mortgage payments, but kind of forget that we have them because we're blessed with a home. Yeah. Or, or rent. Um, we may complain about piles of homework we have to do instead of being grateful we live in a country where girls can actually get an education. Yeah. I know I whine about the extra COVID pounds that have found my middle, uh, forgetting to be grateful that I have plenty to eat. Yeah. And that is certainly not the way it is in the majority world right now. Mm-hmm. We've, I, I'm, I'm shocked by how little news we've heard about how the developing world is coping with the pandemic. But Compassion International reports that the world poverty clock has been set back more than 10 years. So in other words, all the progress that's been made conquering poverty over the last decade has been erased by this pandemic. Isn't that disheartening? So disheartening. 
I, it, it reminds me of a trip I took to Trinidad uh, many years ago with a group of young adults. Now, I was not a young adult, so it wasn't that many years yeah. ago, but um, I was sort of a, a chaperone, I guess, on a short-term mission one uh, December. And while I was working in a makeshift uh, clinic, a uh, medical clinic that we set up, set up in a shanty town called Beetham, I met an elderly woman who got it. I mean, she got what it was to live with uh, her glass half full, to mm-hmm. look at her glass half full. She brought her grandchildren, who she was raising, to see the doctor. And while she had his attention, she asked him to examine her arthritic hands. They were frozen into these gnarled cro- claws. Ugh. And I spoke to her after she was treated, and she, she just looked so thin and frail that I... I asked her, do you have enough to eat? And I will never forget her answer because it both broke my heart and rocked my world. Sometimes we have enough to eat, she said. And when we don't, I feed the children what we have and I make a tea out of lime leaf and orange peel to make the the pain in my stomach go away. But I can never complain because Jesus has been so good to me. Ugh. Oh, that gives me chills. You know, I what broke my heart was that so much of the world has to live like this grandmother. Mm-hmm. I could just imagine her cooking over a primitive stove, washing clothes under a pump, or trying to fix the leaky roof of her little shack with those painful, deformed hands. Mm-hmm. What rocked my world was that even in these desperate circumstances, she was grateful. She was saying, it was like she was just saying with the Apostle Paul in Philippians 4, 11 and, and 11 to 13. I have learned how to get along happily whether I have much or little. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything with the help of Christ who gives me the strength I need. Mm-hmm. She was saying, it's not about getting what I want here and now. It's about knowing God, the only one who can fill up the emptiness in me. And by his strength, I can handle whatever else comes without losing my joy. His strength. That's, those are the key words. His strength. Um, that is the power behind living with gratitude. It's, it's God's power. We can't just muster that up on our own. Mm-hmm. Living with gratitude means learning to live appreciating all the good in our lives, recognizing its source. The, uh, the new living, uh, or sorry, the message rather, expresses it this way. Every desirable and beneficial gift comes out of heaven. The gifts are rivers of light cascading down from the Father of light. During, during this pandemic, I've been reminded of a, a profound lesson that I learned about seven years ago. And I, I realized during that time that I had no right to complain. I had no right to not be grateful, even though both my sister and my dad were dying of cancer mm-hmm. at the same time. Now, don't get me wrong. The journey was terribly painful. And it's not like you were cruising through it, like... Oh, no. You struggled. You had your very first anxiety attack, and yeah. Yeah. your marriage oh, suffered. It did, because I was giving everything I had to give to yeah. my dying relatives. And yeah. um, it was very painful. 
And every every time I got bad news about either Debbie or my dad's uh, cancer progression, I, I grieved deeply. It was like even though I thought I was prepared, I was I was always plunged Never back prepared, into this deepest, yeah. deepest place of grief. But it was during that season that I became aware that when you have a lot to lose, it's only because you had a lot in the first place. Yeah, that's very true. Oof. And I knew, even in this terrible time of grief, that our family had been especially blessed. Mm-hmm. We, we enjoyed close and loving relationships. We traveled widely and experienced more joy than anyone ever has a right to expect or demand. I couldn't possibly ask, why me or why us? Mm-hmm. Why not us? Who was richer than we were? And I realize that some of our listeners probably don't have the wealth of loving relationships that I that I had. They don't even have it in their memories. Mm-hmm. And if that's you, my heart goes out to you. Truly, it does. But even if there's nothing in your circumstances to be grateful for, our God still walks and weeps with us. And if we let him, he will help us shoulder whatever load he's allowed to be placed on us. What I'm learning in this winter season is that when we replace gratitude with grievance, our joy dissipates. Mm. You see, joy isn't compatible with grievance or entitlement. We think our losses are responsible for our absence of joy, but they're not. What kills our joy is a lack of gratitude. First mm-hmm. Thessalonians 5.16 says, let, your, uh, let joy be your continual feast. Make your life a prayer. And in the midst of everything, always be giving thanks. For this is God's perfect plan for you in Christ Jesus. God encourages us to make our lives a prayer of gratitude because he knows that is our path to joy. When you find yourself overwhelmed with loss, offer to God what the writer of Hebrews called the sacrifice of praise. Worship isn't much of a sacrifice when the sun shines and and blessing after blessing warm us like the summer sun. Mm -hmm. But when the long shadows of winter arrive, it requires energy, discipline, and sacrifice to worship. It takes an act of our will to lay our losses and circumstances that seem unjust to us on the altar. Worshiping God in times of loss is an affirmation of our belief that God is in control, that he's kind, and that he only ever expresses his will to us in perfect love. Like strife and struggle, it also is an opportunity for us to grow closer to God because he is the one person, the one place that we can always go and know exactly what we're going to get, which is just love mm-hmm. and protection. And and I don't mean protection like necessarily protection from the fallout of the things around us, but right. like he holds our hearts. And, mm-hmm. and if you like put your trust and your faith in him, those struggles will bring you closer to God, which gives you access to this unbelievable peace. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a verse in James, um, and I don't even know the whole verse, but count it all joy. Um, yep, it's in James chapter 1. Well done. Count it all joy when you encounter trials of many kinds. Yeah. For the, I used to have the book of James memorized, but I have an old brain. Um, for the... 
uh, something makes uh, enables your endurance to grow. So let it grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Something I could like have done that. that a little more smoothly, but that I wasn't mean, in the notes. That was no, like, it sure wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I I wish I knew mm-hmm. my scripture better, mm-hmm. but here we are. It affirms. Um, it affirms God's presence and His ability to redeem every loss and make it into something beautiful in our lives when we go to Him in worship and for comfort when we're experiencing loss. Mm-hmm. I, when do you think was the first time, I suppose, mm-hmm. that you sort of experienced that? I think, maybe I'm wrong, but I think I'm right in saying you probably didn't experience something completely earth-shattering until um, your twenty. You would have been in your thirties at that point when um, you and Dad had to leave the church. Yeah, I would say that was the first time that I just experienced soul-crushing grief. Mm-hmm. And I do remember actually feeling going to God in prayer for comfort mm-hmm. and feeling like if He didn't somehow touch me, I would die. Yeah. I really did. I, I, yeah, that was a really, really hard time. But, you know, the beauty of learning um, something like that when you're relatively young, mm-hmm. and I know you have, you've had, yeah, you've had your share of pain. Yeah, I'm, I think <clears throat> I kind of have experienced some of that sort of thing. Uh, like, I'm younger now than you were then, and I think. Yeah, and, and, and the beauty of, of learning how God meets you in, mm-hmm. in your youth. Um, it just sets you up so well for oh, yeah. a whole life because lives have seasons of pain. Yeah. Yeah, one thing that I am so grateful that, and it took a lot of pain to get there, I suppose, but um, one thing that is not difficult for me is to have faith that God has plans Mm-hmm. To to mm-hmm. prosper me, not to not to hinder me. Yeah, um, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Sure, yeah. I I know it. It I know some yeah. scripture. I just don't know where it oh, comes I from. I usually don't know where it is either. It's somewhere in the Bible. It says, "Yeah, I know um, the plans I have for you." Says the Lord, "Plans yeah. to prosper you and not to harm you, to yeah, give you a hope in a future." Yeah, and mm-hmm. so I'm I'm so grateful. And now, to be fair, the things that caused me such pain are things that as an adult I see are pretty trivial but when you're a teenager you don't have emotional calluses um a lot Mm -hmm. of the pain that you experience it feels so profound and deep and real Mm -hmm. and like the most painful thing you've ever experienced because it probably is yeah you're having adult feelings for the first time and they're very big yeah and even if they are over something pretty trivial they are the biggest feelings you've ever had. And you have no emotional calluses. You're just raw and pink and tender as a teenager. And so, yeah, the things that caused me such a deep emotional pain as a kid, as a teenager, are not a huge deal. But I'm so grateful I felt that very deep pain and survived. And God survived by the grace of God. Um, and God dropped things in my lap to show me that I was loved and that he hadn't lost me and that I was always on his radar. Mm. And if I just gave him my my stuff, my crap, um, 
I don't know that I can say that. I might have to cut that out. Um, I know you can say it. We've said it before. Oh, I'm have we? Sure. Okay, great. <clears throat> that. Um, I can, if I give him that, he will give me peace in return. And, oh, it's so much easier to live that way. Yeah, I, in, in the last few weeks, I've really been um, focused a number of times in my quiet time with God on the, the, the idea that I'm so grateful that he didn't show us what was ahead for us mm-hmm. um, with the pandemic, for one thing. Like, if I'd known there was going to be a full-on second wave and, and then now the variants. Yeah. Um, I don't know how well I would have coped. Yeah. Because we thought, okay, well, we can hanging, you know, hang on for a, a, a few, few weeks months, or yeah. a few months, whatever this is going to be. Um, I also have been so thankful that <clears throat> we didn't know, you know, when when you and Scott first had to be separated, yeah, and he had to go back to Australia. If we had known how long it was going to be for, yeah. Well, and we still don't uh, know how long it's going to be for. No, we don't and know. It's God's grace, probably, that we don't. Yeah, but. I know that the man I married is, I think, the man. I'm I'm not necessarily a believer in, like, soulmates. I don't believe that there's one person for everybody. I think yeah. you pick a person and then you make it work because you love them. Yes. Um, I would agree with that. But I also, and this does seem to, it seems like a... I can't imagine anyone better for you no. than Scott. I I firmly believe that, you know... God gave us the the free will to choose each other, but it would be a shock for me to find out he made me for someone other than Scott. Mm-hmm. He made Scott for someone other than me, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and what's crazy, I'm going to cry because I really like my husband um, <laughs> a whole bunch. He's so great. Um, it's funny because I struggle to make decisions. Decision-making is very difficult for me. And... I thought that getting married would actually be quite tricky for me because I never thought I'd be sure about anyone. Um, but even knowing that Scott and I would probably have to live very far apart, other sides of the world, I never questioned, like, is this the right choice? Is this a person that I'm supposed to marry? What if I regret it? It was just like, yeah. Obviously, this is the person that I'm going to marry, and we'll figure it out. We'll do what we need to do to make it work. And I'm so grateful that God put that resolve in me mm. because even now, when we've been living apart for a couple of years, a few years, and we've only been married for three, um, I'm so sure. And mm. never since the day we got married have I been like, was this a mistake? It was absolutely not a mistake. So what I hear you expressing is gratitude. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it sure makes it easier. I'm like I'm tired. I'm tired of living apart, but there will come a day where my husband and I get to live in the same place. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, I have a great pen pal <laughs> <laughs> who I really like. And you have an awesome uh, Skype, Skype or Zoom or whatever date yeah. every year. Yeah, every Facebook, every weekend. Whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, anyway. it's it's so good to be reminded of God's goodness, mm-hmm. and and let me just encourage you to, you know, um, lay your sacrifice of praise yeah. on the on on the altar um, in gratitude 
and uh, that is that truly is the path to joy, yeah. even in, when things are really, really hard. Yeah. And if you don't feel joyful, you can ask for that. Mm-hmm. You can pray, like, God, help me find it, because mm-hmm. yeah. you won't surprise him. My mantra for this year is choose joy. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's it for it's us today. We'd love if you would uh, share and subscribe and like and all those things. Yeah. Um, grow on the go pod on, yeah, on, on Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love a follow. So yeah, check us out. Uh, in the meantime, that is it for us today on Grow on the Go. I'm Kevin Pankhurst. And I'm Donna Carter, inviting you to grow on the go. Thanks for listening to Grow on the Go. Share this episode on social media and find more great programs at faithstrongtoday.com.